to NL Full Time, our last one of the season, episode number 50. I'm Luke Edwards, and joining me, we have Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Hi, Luke. Hi, guys. And we have also got with us, he's been an absolute soldier throughout. He seems to have been on every episode, I think. It is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Uh, yeah, good, uh, good evening. Good to see you. And joining us... It is our special guest this week, and hopefully we'll hear a lot more of him over the, the next season as well. It is from Off The Line blog, it is Joe Pope. Hello, Joe. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. Well, the season is done and dusted. We obviously won't go over what happened. You can hear the previous pods for that. You can subscribe and hear all the previous podcasts, especially with what happened in the National League playoff final. There's been lots of activity off the field with lots of clubs in terms of transfers and players being released. There seems to have been more players released than ever from National League clubs this season. Um, I'll come to you, Joe. What did you make of the season as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it was another cracker, wasn't it? Um, lots of teams pushing for promotion um, from the National League. Um, lots of teams with big budgets at the top. Um and it was really a sort of um, sort of half and half season, really. Um, obviously, Stockport once they got Challenger in place and and got playing their football, they never really uh, looked like uh, losing the title. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many uh, good teams. Um, it wasn't as uh, exciting down the bottom. Um, I think we could have all predicted most of the stuff at the bottom. Um, but it was another good season. Um, and a lot of players who perhaps even though they were down the bottom, um, really impressed. Um, just goes to show the, the quality of the National League this year. Yeah, what, once more, Rob, a lot of players moving from National League clubs up to the Football League as well, which shows again the high standard of the league. Yeah, players and managers, of course. We had two, 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 two managers that had uh, with their teams have finished in the playoff positions, uh, went up to the EFL uh, in Ian Birchinal and, and, and Pete Wilde. And on the playing side, there is there is no doubt that uh, League One, League Two clubs in particular uh, come looking at this level of football um, and, and players are jumping up. And not always just straight from the National League as well, one or two from the South and, and, and the North as well. Um, I think for me... Out of the five seasons we've been covering the National League, it's always been good. I think this one has been the best one by far. Um, you know, in terms of particularly, it's definitely been the best kind of crescendo at the end of the season with the playoffs, really. And I think, uh, you know, fortunately, I got to witness probably the best game I can remember in five years in, uh, in Wrexham for Grimsby Five. Better than the playoff final from last season, Rob. The Hartlepool-Tarkey <laughs> one. <laughs> that was good. I mean, when a goalkeeper, you know, heads one in to, to take the, the game to extra time and it ends Sorry, up in Joe. penalties. <laughs> yeah. I'll let that one slide, Luke. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, there's obviously been some some great moments, hasn't there, over the years. But this one's, this one's been good. And obviously, as you know, we'll talk about us as a team, including the boys, Chris and Tom, who are not here, we'll have a look back and see how we uh, we got on with our, you know, pre-season predictions. Mm. And it's it's mixed results, to be fair, just to give it a little highlight. And 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 fair play to Joe. I give him a little preemptor on this. 
He, of course, with his blog, will have put it out there, his predictions at the start of the season. He's going to have a look back and see how he did as well. Um, and yeah, we'll just try and uh, wrap it all up, have a damn good laugh at ourselves and, uh, and brush ourselves down and go again next season. I mean, we've talked about the transfers just before we we uh, move on and uh, say where Rob was over the last couple of days. What's the one transfer that's maybe caught your eye then from the National League going up to the Football League? I know, Joe, there's one that's close to you. Is it the Conor Lemon? Hey, Evans from Torquay, he's gone to Stockport County. But is there anything else that has caught your eye? Yeah, um, funny enough, uh, another one with Torquay Connections, which may, you, you all probably wouldn't have seen as a Torquay Connection, but um, Kyle Ferguson, um, gone from Altrincham to uh, Harrogate. Um, he actually had a trial at Torquay uh, midway through last season, or this season, sorry, um, and Gary Johnson didn't offer him anything. He went then went to Altrincham, had a fantastic end to their season, really improved their defence. Um, and he's another one that I think you know, really going to do great stuff, obviously, uh, Simon Weaver likes a, a gem from non-league. He's actually got two already, two signings. Scott Pete Jameson from York as well. Um, but yeah, Cole Ferguson's uh, really stood out for me. Um, I think he'll be uh, really good. If he can do what his, uh, his dad did, then uh, he won't be too bad. Yeah, and a free transfer as well. Great pick up there by Simon Weaver. Dickie, anything that stood out for you? Um I, I was going to, I'll pick up on one that's happened today, really, more so just because it's, it's, um, you know, the level I tend to watch, which is um, uh, Matt Lowe going from Brackley Town to Accrington Stanley. I think if you're going to make the move uh, up into the Football League, I think, uh, you, you you know, Accrington are the biggest of clubs, but their their reputation under John Coleman for picking up players and developing them um, is second to none, really. I know Dion Charles went there from Southport um, and he's subsequently been sold on to Bolton Wanderers. Colby Bishop's done well there. Michael Nottingham. Um, they picked up David Morgan from Southport as well. So it, they're another one of these teams that that does look out for um, gems in, in steps one, two, three. Um, and in Matt Lowe, you know, they, they may well have another one there. I, I also think it's a, a good thing, perhaps potentially for, for him to... Um, make a break away from Brackley as well at this point as well. And and just because it will help them sort of like freshen things up as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's one I'll be keeping my eye on. Rob, what's your pick? Well, interesting enough, and it's going to be quite nice to complete the triangle because it's one in uh, from the National League South to the National League. And it's the, it's the change that Mark White's made at Dorking. How do you replace the irreplaceable in Jason Pryor? That's been his predicament, but he's moved quickly uh, and he's taken one of the most prolific marksmen in the National League South, Ryan Seeger from Hungerford. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, his main signing so far of the three that he's he's already made. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in at Dorking, how prolific he can be at, at one level higher. And of course, how Dorking do as a whole in the National League. Uh, on whatever model they finally go for, you know, will they be like Wildstone, uh, fully part-time or will they end up being something a little bit almost hybrid uh, at the end of the day? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been determined to get him. You could say he's been on a Seager mega drive, couldn't you? So uh, there we go. <laughs> Over the past week, Rob, I know you've been down at the uh, some recent awards, haven't you? You've represented the pub there. Yeah, the National Game Awards, sponsored by the uh, non-league paper and Sportsbeat. 
they were held on uh, Tuesday at Plough Lane. And that, I have to mention quickly, obviously they, they came through non-league and, 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 and now they're established, of course, as a football league club. But what an impressive ground and stadium that was. Really, really good to see what, what Wimbledon have built there. They may have struggled a little bit on the pitch this season, but they've got a wonderful facility um, and yeah, it's the first time that we've been invited to the National Game Awards. It was a, a delight to be there. And, um, you know, we'll, 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 I, I spoke to uh, some of the uh, award winners. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one, I guess, to, to, to kick off with really, just to mention, is the fact that Dave Challoner unsurprisingly won the uh, Manager of the Year. Paddy Madden, actually, the player. So, you know, it was a, a, a double whammy for, for Stockport. And I was very shocked, pleased, privileged and humbled to, to actually um, go up to accept Dave Challoner's award, which is kind of a bit of a mismatch, really, isn't and it? And everyone but... went, God, that, that season, Dave Challoner's been through the ringer this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's aged a bit, only Challoner. But no, I mean, more to the point, um, it was just, you know, for, for the presentation to be made, more to the point, you know, I was asked a couple of questions about Challoner's uh, performance and... To be honest, he hit the ground running, didn't he? They got a manager that was proven at that level who got promoted from it the previous season and they stuck him in amongst probably the best all-round squad in the National League and, they, and the two of them married up superbly well and Stockport gone on to get it done, obviously, in, in the end on only the last day of the season. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great uh, afternoon at Plough Lane and uh, one of the most deserved winners, of course, was uh, Joe Sabara, Solihull Moors forward. He's been almost impossible to mark for opposing teams all season, uh, weighed in with 18 goals in the end and he got the, uh, the sports beat young player of the season um, and I caught up with Joe Sabara afterwards. Joe, um, we'll come on to uh, individual um, achievements in just a moment, but um, you've had the uh, best part of a couple of weeks now to get your head around um, the, the National League promotion final. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't to be Solly Hull's year, was it? No, I think um, I think it wasn't our time. We were we were very disappointed because we were, we were going in with a real belief that we could make history, but um, no, it was a shame we didn't do it, but we've got to pick ourselves up and go again. And uh, it's a short break as well, isn't it? Um, I know you've been off for a brief break with uh, some of the lads from the from the team already. Um, but it won't be long before you've got to get your head down again, will it? No, exactly. And I think it's important to shut off after such a long season, especially with the disappointment. Just forget about it. Get Make sure your mind's ready for the new season, ready to go and smash it next year. And individually, was mm-hmm. it, uh, I mean... Uh, 16 goals in the National League, wasn't it? 18, Eight, 18 yeah. Oh, let's do that again. Yeah. Uh, 18 goals in yeah, the National yeah. League. Yeah, just six behind uh, Kabongo Shimanga, who, yeah. who got the golden boot. Mm-hmm. Was it the most successful season of your career so far? Oh, yeah, without a shadow of that. I think I got eight in all competitions last year. So to to do 18 with the amount of assists I got as well was um, really pleasing for me as I, I exceeded my expectations and targets. So hopefully I can go again next year and get even better. You always seem a natural, easy to engage with kind of chap. Um, as a footballer, um, when we talk about Joe mm-hmm. Sabara, we talk about like how you managed to be so successful despite. Mm-hmm. Have you been told a lot in your life? Have you got this kind of, you know, that you're not big enough, you're not tall mm-hmm. enough, and is it something that's inbuilt in you to prove people wrong? Yeah, I think I think since I've been well littler and younger, um, I've always been used to people being bigger than me, stronger than me. So. You've had to find a way of dealing with it, and I think that, that's what makes me different. There's a lot of people that can be six foot plus that are that you say, oh, he's a big lad, but it's the 
it's the ones who affect the game the most and that's my job. If, if I'm not on the ball, then I'm not really going to do anything in the game. So it's important for me to get on the ball and to do that, I need to find space and get away from the big lads. So uh, that's what I try and do. It's the voice of experience there, but it's also <laughs> the voice of, of the player who's won the, uh, the sports beat young player of the season uh, yeah. how delighted are you to receive that award yeah I'm really delighted um, there's a lot of good young talent in the league so to get picked for this award is a is a massive honour and achievement and I, I can't speak highly enough of how I feel and as for next season uh, you were confirmed as part of Solihull Moors mm-hmm. uh, retained list year. Yeah. you're looking forward to next season taking everything you learnt from this one yeah definitely we've still got a good core of the lads who were there last year um Hopefully we add a few more here and there with a bit of experience, a bit of energy and hopefully lift the squad again and bring us a bit of quality to need us to get us over the line. He's, he's had a brilliant season and he's he's one player who's not yet made the move from the National League. think he'll be at Solihull next year? Well, I did ask him straight and he gave me a straight answer. The uh, He's just finished his second year of a contract and the club had an option on a third year and the club have exercised that option. He's an ambitious young player. He definitely wants to play the highest level that he can. Uh, obviously, he doesn't know whether that will be with Solihull Moors or not, but he'll certainly be there at Damson Park next season. There's uh, a couple of teams who've been promoted up into the National League. One of them is Darking. We'll get on to them shortly. But the other one was Gateshead, and they've done a lot of good work on the field and also a lot of good work off the field as well. And, and the former manager, Ben Clark, he was there when I think he got relegated out of the National League, he's on through some tough times, but he's now the community officer at the club and Gates have picked up Community Club of the Year and Rob caught up with him. Now, when you come to these awards, you look round and one or two faces you know and one or two faces you don't know and then you look at someone and you think, oh, I'm sure I've seen that fella before and indeed the last time I saw this fella, he was on the pitch playing against Aldershot. Uh, moved into other roles at Gateshead now, but delighted to be joined by uh, Ben Clark. Uh, ben, what uh, a magnificent achievement for the football club that is not only now back in the National League, but you've won the Community Club of the Year as well today. Yeah, it's been a great day. Um, very much a community-based football club. I'm lucky enough I've been at the club for 12 years now. And uh, obviously everyone knows we went through a difficult time a few years ago, but sometimes you've got to go through hard times to come back. And, and we've certainly done that. Um, fantastic season from, from the first team, from Mike and Busted getting us back into the, the conference. And, you know, the community work's just gone from there, really. We've just righted the crest of a wave and and, uh, it's been a fantastic day today. I have to say, um, as an Aldershot Town fan, I'm delighted because it was with really heavy heart. And Aldershot fans become, you know, they got a little bit of stick because they stayed up because you you were demoted as a football club. But I must admit, I I am so chuffed that you're back on merits now. and uh, what about yourself, Ben? You, you, you're in a sort of transition through different roles now, but you've got that club at your heart, haven't you? Yeah, it's, yeah I get emotional when I talk about the football club. Uh, see, I've been there 12 years. The people at the club, football club have always looked after me. You know, they've looked after me when I was a player. They looked after me when I'm a coach. And they look after me now that I'm a community officer. So, listen, the, 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 the club did wrong behind the scenes but the players and the management staff didn't do anything wrong and listen no, no offence to all the shop they, did, they didn't do anything wrong it was just one of them things and mm. uh, like I said we're, we're in a better place now we ha- we, we've come through it we say we're very much a community based club um, and it's great for me because I go out in, into the region into the borough and I see uh, local lads and lasses with gated head strips on now which is great for me and, and that's a really big reward for me because once you stop playing 
you know, you do miss the football, but if I can try and give back in other ways now, I try to. You seen any with Clark on the back? <laughs> uh, uh, just, me, just mine, just my two boys. Uh, I know there's a lot of Greg Ollies, uh, yeah. you know, a fantastic player. Um, Kevin Scott, McCauley, mm. obviously McCauley's left now. Yeah. But I, it's funny you said that because I did say that at the end of the season. There's, you do, you see players with, you know, North East Newcastle. It's massive, you know, it is massive. But to see Gateshead shirts and players with Gateshead names on the back, it's great. And that was Ben Clark. And Dickie, I've got to come to you. Um, I know you mentioned it briefly in the end of season review, but Gateshead, how do you think they'll do? I think a big thing is, is them keeping hold of Mike Williamson. They do like to play football. Sometimes they can overplay a little bit, though, can't they? They can a little bit sometimes, um, but it, it's pretty evident that that's, you know, very much the way Mike Williamson wants to do things you know I re- recall the uh, Telford's 4-1 defeat in there in, uh, to Gateshead in January and Carl Magney you know marauding forward <laughs> from the back and uh, you know but m- most unlike or unexpected but you know that that's how Mike Williamson wants to go about things They'll, they've lost Macaulay Langstaff, of course, to Notts County, which is a blow. He was the leading scorer in National League North next last season. But that said, that they the number of other scorers in Adam Campbell, um, Sedwin Scott as well, Paul Blackett as well, I think, got almost double figures. So it's not as if they were a one-man band in that respect. Uh, I have to say, I think out of all the teams that could have gone up from the North, they are the team that probably would uh, cope best essentially because of that goal-scoring power that they've got. Um, my my concern about Brackley, if they'd gone up, was just simply that they tend to edge games 1-0 and, and, and force mistakes out of teams, but you don't get as many mistakes out of teams at a higher level. Um, whereas I think Gateshead have got a little bit more of that ability to take the game to opposition. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. But uh, I think trying to replace Langstaff, I think, was probably um, top of Mike Williamson's list at the moment. And also York, Dickie, I know we touched on it briefly when they won the the playoff final and I know they've um, released some players, some have left their own a call like Pete Jamieson as we've mentioned, um, but they've got a manager who's won the National League in John Askey, so I kind of expect them to, you know, to be underdogs next year. I think I think they'll surprise a few people. Yeah, I, I think the, the extra interest in, in York City um, obviously generated by promotion, but also with a new stadium as well, will enable John Askey to have a bit more financial backing um, in in the, the, the league above. Um, and yeah, I think they will probably do fairly well. I would think, I would think mid-table is, uh, I would say, fairly easily achievable for York City next season. They need a new goalkeeper, because we said about Pete Jameson going to Harrogate. Um, whether they'll pick up Lanell John Lewis now that he's been formally uh, come to the end of his deal at Grimsby. Obviously, he was a man who scored three goals in three playoff games that essentially got them promoted. Like, you, you would think that that would look like a bit of a no-brainer of a move. To be they have offered honest. him a deal, haven't they? I think I don't know if he's signed it yet, but no, I, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen that he has as yet. Um, but um, yeah, I think York. We'll, we'll do okay and it might you know yes I know York finished was it fifth or sixth in the table in the end and people might say about you know a team that's that finished fifth going up but again if we're talking about teams that are equipped to be able to cope in the league above I think York are and from the south Joe we, we touched on Dark and he signed Ryan Seager they made some very good signings haven't they in the last couple of weeks. You've also got Maidstone as well who've gone up. How, how do you think those two teams will do? 
Yeah, well, I, I, touching on York Dawkins first, I think um, obviously with the firepower that they've got, um, the, the good football that they play, um, I think they'll always uh, win enough games um, and create enough chances. Um, it's just whether or not they can replicate how good they've been at National League South level to, to the National League um, and whether they can sort of mix their game. Um, there were a couple of games last year, um, a bit you know, all over the place um, because they were so um, intent on trying to score and open teams up. Um, Maidstone are an interesting one. Um, I don't want to go too early on my predictions for next year, but I think they could be the dark horses um, next year. Um, I really like Maidstone. Um, funny enough, before, uh, during COVID, we had um, Hacking Hey Retin on our blog um, and we said, what are your um, aims for the season um, this for this season and he said if I'm given the budget that I need and I'm allowed to bring in the players I will we will win the league and we will get promoted and he's done it um, he's been out of the National League before he's got promoted with John Still um, at Luton um, and he's recruited a couple of good players already and he has a very good core there um, so I think there'll be uh, dark horses next season they'll surprise a few Interesting Rob as well normally you, you get maybe one club who's sort of hybrid of full-time coming up. There's three full-time clubs coming up out with a four. Dorky may well go down a hybrid model as well. So it's not like four sort of plucky part-time teams coming up, is it? No, I mean, we, we may have lost, um, you know, a couple of big, big sides in Grimsby and Stockport, but obviously you've got Scunthorpe and, and Oldham coming down. And, and, and as you say, the sides coming up should be well-equipped for the challenge ahead. Particular note, one of those Maidstone signings, funnily enough, was the other main striker at Hungerford, Sol Wanjow Smith, um, who, uh, you know, speaking to one or two people, may potentially have or may have the potential to be uh, the better of those two players in the long run going forward. So that's quite a signing for uh, for Maidstone. And uh, I think they'll have learnt a fair bit. Hakan will have learnt a fair bit from, from his time in the National League two or three seasons ago um, when they found it tough. But uh, it's not going to be easy for us um, picking which uh, four sides potentially are going to go down next season. But I guess a long time before we talk about our predictions for next season, we, we, we need to have a little look back at what we went for this year, don't we? <laughs> so, Joe, I know you did your little review of the season on the Off The Line blog, and I know you, you tagged us in as well on Twitter. So we saw a lot of responses and there were some good interactions there. And a lot of fans helped you change your mind on some things as well. Yeah, I mean, that's always the way, isn't it? When you put up teams, uh, you know, teams at the end of the season, award winners, um, you're always going to have difference of opinions. Um, there's a great uh, non-league musings. Um, they put up a team um, and there was lots of comments about their players that they went for as well. But yeah, I mean, those are the two things that I really enjoy about doing um, Off The Line blog is the interaction with the fans at the start of the season with the, rev- uh, the previews and then at the end of the season, um, the awards um, and the reviews of the season. Um, yeah, really enjoyed that piece. Um, a lot to look back on, um, as I'm sure we will do. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed that. Plug it, Joe. Where can people see it? Uh, if you go on to Off The Line blog um, on Twitter um, or on Google, I think it comes up on the first page now. Um, so uh, yeah, if you put that up. Um, and Someone's been self-boosting. <laughs> yeah. Um, have a look uh, on, uh, on Twitter. That's our main sort of platform. Um, go across there and follow the link and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Yeah, as Rob mentioned briefly, Scunthorpe and Oldham got 
relegated into the National League for next season. We won't really look at them yet. We'll, we'll cover them more in our preview pod at the start of next season. But just to say, they have signed Liam Hogan from Stockport, so that's a good signing for them. And uh, I'm sure they'll sign lots more Zane to try and get back into the EFL. But now the moment we've all been waiting for. Rob, just tell us how we did in our predictions for the National League. All right. Well, um, it, it splits into a few different categories. The first one is to say, in terms of the sides that would finish in the top seven, we did really, really well. The best that we've, we've ever done. Um, and almost, exclude, I think, all, just, just double checking that, yeah. I think I think we're getting good at this the, now, aren't we? <laughs> four out of the five of us picked five of the top seven, um, and 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 I guess what that suggests is we did go for quite a, a lot of the bigger clubs. We thought that they might stay the course a bit better. They might have a bit more flexibility. They might be able to strengthen in January if they needed to. Um, with regards to the actual title, it was maximum points for Chris Pratt and myself because we did go for Stockport. Although we would have probably, you know, if it was a bet, we'd have cashed out, wouldn't we, about halfway through the season when they were in ninth position. Um, they did come through. Uh, Luke, you went for a dark horse, admittedly, in Bromley, and they didn't stay the distance. Um, but uh, Dickie went for Wrexham, and, of course, they pushed really close. And Tom went for Notts County, who I think made the playoffs, but to some extent, you know, were only just at best at par for where they finished. So uh, for every um, correctly uh, p- p- predicted top seven side, we got five points. We got 10 if we, we nailed on either the playoff winner or the, uh, the champion. So we did pretty well there. And not too bad at the bottom end of the table as well, where every one of us predicted at least two of the bottom four. Special note for Chris, who picked three of the top four in Dover, Weymouth and Kings Lynn. His other one was uh, Wildstone. Uh, we all went, uh, I think, pretty much for, for, for Dover. Bizarrely, um, bizarrely uh, Tom didn't. I'm not sure whether he somehow missed them out of the equation, but he still got three of the bottom four right in Aldershot, Kingslin and Weymouth. So um, it's, in that sense, the top end and the bottom end was the most predictable, perhaps, that it's been since we've been doing this podcast, boys. Joe, what, what was your prediction on your blog for who, who wins and who went down? Um, very similar to you, actually. Um, I got five of the top seven correct. Um, I did go for Stockport to win it. Um, and I went for, I got two of the bottom three correct um, and four of the bottom five correct. Um, I had Dover, Weymouth and Wealdstone to go down. Um, and then I had Kings Lynn and Aldershot just to miss out um, just above the, the drop zone. Um, I will uh, put my hands up that I do get at one spot which I did put in the playoffs um, which I think might have been pure, slightly sentimental um, was Torquay United um, false hope there um, and then the, the one that was a bit surprising I went for Eastleigh um, looking back um, I thought they made some really good additions in the summer um, but yeah um, but apart from that I mean the, the four teams I had outside the playoffs were Bromley, Solihull, Dagenham and Halifax so I'm fairly pleased with how I did yeah, no, I think everybody did particularly well with that. We did one or two other predictions as well. But also just to mention, and it will come up when we look at the north and the south, we put in um, minus points if we, if, we, if we got it badly wrong. Like if we, if we predicted a side to be in the playoffs and they finished in the bottom four or the other way round, 
And that will come home to roost when we look at the other divisions. But a couple of other predictions that we made, uh, Joe and listeners, um, we went for the top scorer uh, in the division. Um, now, Chris, uh, watching Mo- not, uh, Stockport County most regularly, went for Scott Quigley, who uh, struggled really with fitness and form, didn't he? Only got six goals in the end. Um, uh, well done, Dickie. You went uh, for Kabongo Shimanga, and he ended up, of course, with 22, and it, it might well have been significantly more um, had he not been injured for, you know, with four months of the season to go. Uh, myself and Luke, we went uh, for the solid bet, Michael Cheek, and uh, he didn't disappoint, 22 more goals. Um, and uh, Tom did really well. He went for Paul Mullin. He got the top scorer in the National League. Well done, Tom. No bonus for getting it right, but you do get 28 points for his 28 goals, uh, and that'll serve you well when we tot it all up at the end. Um, you didn't predict a top scorer, did you, Joe? No, um, I didn't. Um, I was looking back. I thought I did, because usually I put at the end, I put a dark horse, a top scorer. Um, it would have been one of those. I probably would have gone for Madden, um, mm. probably. Um, with the, bearing in mind, I put Stockport to win the league. I probably would have gone for, for Madden to be top scorer. But I think with those three, Mullin, Madden and Shimanga, you wouldn't have been far off at the start of the season. OK. Um, we also predicted... The most cleaned sheets and uh, four out of the five of us went for Stockport. So that was another 23 points each. Tom went for Chesterfield, who picked up 16 clean sheets. And then we had a bit of fun with this one, Joe, as well. We actually, for the first time ever, we would we could have got a 10 point bonus if we could have picked the first manager to depart. Well, myself and Chris went for Darren McMahon, who's still there. Luke went for Phil Parkinson at Wrexham, who's still there, but we... Uh, we await news from the race course on that one. Um, Dickie went for Phil Brown, who, of course, did depart, but he wasn't the first Dickie. Uh, Tom Lang went for uh, Harry Kuehl, and he wasn't the first either. It was Aldershot Town's Danny Searle on the 20th of September. Um, and uh, I guess after a poor end to the season before and a horrendous start, it probably didn't come as too surprised, too much surprise when it happened. Harry Kuehl. Do you know what? I forgot he even managed it in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he's done all of that this. He's done all of that this season, and he's got a move to Celtic off the back of it. So, another award that was given out was for the Cup Run of the Year, and of course, it was only one winner. Well, there could have been. It was. It could have been two winners actually. It, it was. I'm sure it was a tough choice between Bournemouth and Kidderminster. In the end, it fell to Kidderminster. I think just for the fact that it was so so close to be in West Ham before Declan Rice pops up in injury time and then they scored in the very last minute West Ham to see off Kidderminster. So Russ Penn went up and collected that award and Rob Paul with him after he collected his award. Russ Dickey caught up with you, didn't he, soon after that playoff defeat and, uh, you know, we could hear the devastation in your voice because you don't plan for failure, do you? You know, you, you, you look the other way, but... Now you've had a few weeks to uh, to kind of get your head around it a little bit. Do you still take a lot of pride in in what in many ways was a fantastic season for Kidderminster? For sure. I think football is a very emotional game. Um, when you have reporters um, after a game, it's, it's, it's very emotional. It's very hard. Um, but two weeks after that, you know, you can feel the buzz around the place now. We're all ready to go again, aren't we? We're speaking, of course, at the National Game Awards where you've picked up the Cup Run of the Year and uh, there were some good runs. But I don't think anyone was going to top yours, were they? <laughs> 
No, listen, it's, it's great to have achieved uh, such a award. Um, listen, in the FA Cup, you take one game at a time. Unfortunately for us, we, we won six, seven ties to get to where we needed to be, 60 seconds away from making history. So, uh, listen, I would have traded that for a promotion, but, you know, we, uh, we had a good run in the league as well. So, overall, great season. You always seem to embrace the media side of things very well, you know, when you're a player and now as a manager. But uh, I've played enough, you know, championship manager, football manager at home to know that I just want to, you know, I, I, I just I, I don't want to do the media bit. There must be days when you don't feel like it. I think yeah. so, yeah. I think it just comes comes with a role and the job, to be honest. Um, listen, there's a lot of people who, who put a lot of hard work, i.e. yourselves, in, in, into reporting and mm. you've got to give them the time as well. It's... You know, building relationships and networking in football is massive, and that's why I'm, you know, I've probably been in the game as long as I have. And in football, uh, managers, senior players, they often talk about just continual improvement. Well, it's going to be hard for you to continually improve in the FA Cup. I heard your joke as you picked up your award about maybe making the the, the fifth round next year. But um, um, as far as Kidderminster concerned, um, you've got a, a good group there. You came close today, uh, this year. Sorry, thoughts ahead of next season. Again, I think realistic aims is just to be competitive. I know how tough the National North is. Um, if we can start the season well and, and we're in and around it come Christmas, January time, then then why not? Can we be one of those teams who, who are really looking for promotion? That's the aim. Easier said than done. Um, so, like I said, I look forward to the competitive side of the league again. Great memories made there by Kidderminster. And they will be one of the favourites for the National League North next year. And... Really interesting times in the National League North. A lot of players, as we mentioned, Dickie, a lot of players have moved up from the National League into the EFL. A lot of players have moved from the National League North up to either the National League or into the EFL as well. And, and interestingly as well, Southend, um, they've started chopping in the North and South. They, they seem to be having, um, they seem to be getting their recruitment right in terms of how they're going about buying some of the best players from the National League uh, North and South. But What's your sort of standout? I know you've already mentioned Matt Lowe, but are there any more players that stood out for you that have moved up from the north? Um, I'm not sure that we know where he's going at the moment, but we know that Leon Love's left Brackley Town as well, uh, and and he's strongly rumoured to be going uh, to a higher division. So we'll wait and see if that transpires as a National League club, even a, even a club above that one. Um, I, I th- those I think those would probably that those would be the ones at the moment that, that, that stand out to me. The only one I wanted to chip in with um, was from Southport. Obviously, he left them and then came back midway through the season, but was Doug Tharm. Um He uh, had a really good season for them, and he's obviously got a move to Blackpool. Um, I wouldn't assume he'll probably play in the Championship. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where he goes in the EFL because I expect he'll probably go somewhere. Um, another one there that's made quite a big jump, really, National League North to Championship. As Dickie's our National League North expert, Robert, how has he done in the predictions? Pulling a face, he's not confident. Well, I, have, I haven't looked at these since I made them, so this <laughs> this right. could be this could be horrific. Well, <laughs> it's good that you it's good that you went in with the Dickie angle because. Um, we're much of a muchness overall again. We kind of got about four of the top seven right each, most of us. Um, Dickie's the only one that got a 10-pointer, and he got the 10-pointer. This is the high, Dickie. This is the good moment, because you said that York City would win the playoffs. And the reason you said they'd win the playoffs is because you thought Fylde would win the league, as did I, and as did Chris Pratt. Um, 
and uh, Luke and Tom both went for York to win the league outright. Um, I guess Boston United were the uh, underachievers because we all had Boston in the top three um, and uh, and they obviously bowed out in the uh, playoffs. But it wasn't all good for you, Dickie. I'm afraid you let your heart rule your head just like Joe did with Torquay. Um, <laughs> and, and you had Telford stealing that uh, seventh and final position in the playoffs. Um, and uh, for that, I'm afraid you receive a minus seven points, sir. So there you go. So that kind of evens itself out a little bit. I'm going to tell the listeners now something quite uh, bizarre, but um, as an overall thing, the Southerners, myself and Tom, have done better in the National League North predictions than the Northern boys. And the Northern boys have done better in the predictions for the South. There's not a lot in it. Looking at the bottom end, we didn't do very well at all. Um, Chris Pratt said that Blythe would be in the bottom four, and they were. And uh, Luke, you said that as well, but didn't get any of your others right. Dickie, you didn't get any right at all in the bottom four. Uh, Bradford Park Avenue, Kettering, Darlington and Curzon. Um, I didn't get any right either. I went for similar clubs, actually. Um, And, uh, well, Tom, he got one right, Blythe, but he's got a minus seven against him. And I don't know what Tom was thinking when he predicted Kidderminster Harriers to finish in the bottom four, but uh, it's a minus seven for Dickie, uh, for, for, for Tom on that one. We didn't pick uh tops um we didn't we did pick top scorer we didn't pick the most number of clean sheets in the national league north i don't know why we left that out had we done so i'm pretty sure dickie you would have gone for the brackley goalkeeper danny lewis um perfect timing really because danny lewis was the goalkeeper of the year at the national game awards he kept a ridiculous 26 clean sheets out of or 28 clean sheets out of 42 league games and to talk to him about that award and that ridiculous defensive record um, I caught up with him afterwards. Danny you picked up an award yourself this afternoon uh, must have filled you with a lot of pride. Yeah it was nice it was uh, it's nice to be recognised for a good season so this just fell short um, in the league which was disappointing and it's maybe still a bit raw uh, but yeah this is this has helped um, you know smooth over the, the pain of the defeat to York. And uh, it's a phenomenal amount of, of clean sheets. I'm sure, you, you know, there'd have been the odd day where it, it, it might have been down to you. I think you want to pay testimony to the defence and the team in front of you as well. Yeah, as yeah. I say, I'd like to say every single clean sheet was down to, down, down to me. But realistically, you know, I play with a, a fantastic defence in front of me. We defend from from the front, you know, we have defend uh, forwards chipping in in full-back positions. So, yeah, there's games where I've had nothing to do. But as you say, there's the odd one where I've had a bit to do, which which I don't mind every now and again. It's nice to, uh, you know, stay involved. and It's nice to make a few saves. But, you know, I do, I do like the quiet games now at my age. <laughs> and uh, have you seen it evolving and changing much over the years? You've played at this level for a while now. I think from a keeper's point of view, yeah. I mean, I come from an era where I'm quite... I like to think I'm quite safe, get the ball, kick it as far as I can, get it away from my goal, whereas now you see you see at the top level they're asking they're being asked to play play out from the back, which is, which is I don't know how I'd get on with that. Um kinda of glad that I played in the era I did where you just you know you, I love kicking it so as get it get it as far away from my goal. But yeah, it's changed. It's it's a lot more competitive now. I remember playing in the league ten years ago. 
and it was nowhere near as competitive. You've got some big teams in the, you know, York, you've got your Gateshead's, Boston's, Kidderminster. It's, it's such a good stand. It's such a tough league um, to get out of, like like the Conference Prem, like the league above. It's, it's, it's full of ex football league team big teams um so yeah it's just the, the standards just gone gone through the roof i think and uh, you're likely to, to to be at brackley still next season um obviously i's to be dotted and t's to be crossed on that but um one or two of the boys at brackley that have been there for a long long time are now moving on um is there a feeling that you've been always the bridesmaid for a little while and if you continue to do the same thing maybe you've just got to change it up slightly yeah we've been there five years and we've always kind of been nearly there not you know not quite we've lost in the playoffs now every year I've been there um, with regards to the league this is the closest we've gone we've took Gateshead all the way um, but when you're doing well teams are always going to have a look at your players and rightly so we've we've lost a few we've lost a few players to you know higher higher league which is which is going to happen we're we're a part-time team and We've got players who still have the ambition that they want to play football. They want to play football full time and they want to better themselves. So as long as you're doing well, you're, you're always going to lose lose players, which is unfortunate. But you, it's a good position to be in because you want to be doing well as a team. Yeah, we'll get on to how Brackley will do next season in our preview pod, Joe. Um, you're a Southerner, but I know you had a little go in your blog at predicting the North. And, and how did you do? Yeah, well, I got five. Uh, sorry, I got six of the top seven correct. The only wow. one that I did put in the top seven, which was wrong, was Chester because um, I backed um, Berno and and Jono to get that one. Um, I'd, in my bottom two, um, I went for Guysley uh, and Bradford Park Avenue. Um, so Guysley just wow. missed out. Um, and I had Sounds Blythe like Dickie Spart- could be sacked here at the way it's going, I think. <laughs> and I had Blythe Spartans in 20th um, down there as well. Um, so, yeah, the only real surprise in there is uh, is Gateshead, who I had in 10th. Wow. And that's a really, really good point, Joe, on Gateshead. I'm looking at our top seven predictions. And guess what? Not one of us saw Gateshead being in the top seven and they won the league. And I think that by default makes them uh, the National League North over, overachievers, doesn't it? And it just shows what we... Like. We're getting better at these, but we're still not there quite yet, are we? I don't, <laughs> I don't think. Um, yeah, just the final one uh, in the National League North. We did have a go at predicting the top scorer. And, and, and this is the main reason why Tom and I have come out on top overall. Because we back Mr Glenn Taylor. And he came up trumps with 25 goals uh, across the season. He was a surefire bet, almost as much perhaps as Michael Cheek in the top division. Uh, Luke, you went for Mark Beck, who uh, I don't know whether it was injury or form or whatever, but um, or did he move out of the league? I don't know. But he ended up with three goals. Yeah, he went on to York and I thought he might do really well, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, Dickie, you went for uh, Kurt Willoughby who uh, scored some key goals towards the end of the season, didn't he? Uh, but he ended up with seven. Um, and Chris went for Jordan Holm, who, uh, despite spending much of the season in that division with um, with Fylde and, and and then later on with, um, well, he moved back to Altrincham, didn't he? But uh, uh, just the two goals for Jordan Holm. Joe, what did, who did you go for, top scorer? Um, funny enough, I didn't actually pick one. I don't know why I didn't do it this year. If I had to have picked, I would have gone for Danny Elliott. Um, from Boston 
Um, because I did say that I think that he could fire them to the title because I did put Boston as winning it um, in mine. Um, so I would have gone for Danny Elliott. So South then, and we've already talked about who got promoted and, and Rob, how did we do on that then? Obviously me and Dickie did better than you and Tom. <laughs> yeah, overall you did. Um, let's have a look at it. In terms of the title, well, um, Chris and Dickie went for Dorking. Uh, and uh, I, Luke, myself and, and Tom all went for Dartford. So there was no correct title winners. Um, I did, though, go for Dorking as the National League South playoff winners and got that right. And so did you, Luke. We got 10 points each for that one. Uh, and then we have to deal with there's a couple of other five pointers. Um, you know, two or three of the top seven most of us got. Um, in, 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 in your case, uh, Luke, you did pretty well because you got five of the top seven. So you picked Dartford, Dorking, Eastbourne. Well done on that. That's a great prediction. Uh, Maidstone and Ebbsfleet. Um, and uh, I've got to talk about a minus seven, but I am going to literally put all the blame on Tom. Do you remember pre-season, Tom, our man in the South? He was eyeing up uh, a lot of the potential promotion contenders and he was blown away with Bath City. He really thought they'd do well and if I'm honest, I stuck them in my top seven because he said they'd do well. So me and Tom have both got uh, minus seven points there. You can um, have me in there, Rob. You did that as well? You thought Yeah, Barford. I had them as my last team in the playoffs. So they're probably the National League South's uh, massive uh, underachievers, aren't they? Um, so I got Maidstone, Ebbsfleet, Bath, Dorkin and Dartford, five of the top seven, the same as uh, Luke, but obviously that minus seven points in there. And Tom didn't do too bad overall. He did predict Dorking, Dartford and Ebbsfleet to finish in those top seven. I think we all had Haven and Waterlooville in there and they were the, 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 the division's biggest underachievers. I don't think there's any doubt about that, missing out on the playoffs on the final day to the uh, division's uh, biggest overachievers. Again, no doubt they're chipping them. Um, mm. And Chippenham caused myself and Tom to get another minus seven points because we both had them uh, in the bottom four. Um, in terms of picking the sides in the bottom four, well, nobody... Yep, yeah, sorry. I managed... No, I managed two. Tom won. Uh, Luke won. Dickie two. And, and Chris won. So nothing really to write home about there. Um, what about you in the bottom four in the National League South? Um, I got one. Um, I went for Welling um, to be in the bottom four. Um, I am going to uh, hold my hands up with a minus seven. Um, mm. I went narrowly to avoid relegation with Chippenham. Um, mm. And obviously they had a fantastic season. Um, I went for Welling, Braintree, Chippenham and the team I eventually put to go down was Slough. When will we learn? I think this is the third season running. We've we've said, there you go, chippers. Have a good laugh at mm. us again. I mean, you know, uh, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Year in, year out, they do it. In terms of top scorers uh, in the National League South, well, three uh, of the five of us, uh, Dickie, Chris and myself, all went for Jason Pryor. Of course, he, he picked up a pretty serious injury. He was back again by the end of the season. But he, he still got nine goals. Uh, Alfie Pavey got... Eight goals. Of course, he spent much of the season on loan, um, didn't he? Um, and uh, we did we did allow for his goals to count in in both divisions. Uh, but Tom did really well with Alex Fletcher, of course, the former Plymouth uh, forward who uh, smashed in seventeen goals 
over the course of the season. Um, and all that remains, whenever you want me to do, is to total it all up and tell you how we did overall. Should I go for it now? Joe, I was just going to say, Joe, who did you... Did we do the top of the south for you? Did you were you right? Or... Um, I got yeah. Well, we said about how the Northerners did better in the south, and the south did better in the north. Um, I didn't do too well in the the top seven really for the south. I had Dartford, Dorking, uh, Maidstone, and Ebbsfleet. Um, the three that I had in there that didn't was Haven't, Hampton, and Richmond, and Bath. Um, I had Dartford to win it and Dorking to win the playoffs. So I did get one there. But um, yeah, Quick I reckon question. that'd be a good pod title one day, wouldn't it? Haven't, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I just before um just before Rob gives us the total scores, you think that I don't know how Dicky found it, but I, for me the South is a lot easier to predict than the North. I don't know why you just feel like there's those core of five six teams at the top who were like a lot stronger than other teams, whereas in the North it's very much anyone can get in there. I don't know what you think, Joe, on that. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the south. There's your your core teams, um, and in the north you have. I mean, I, I think I had Farsley Celtic just to miss out in the on the playoffs in mine, um, and they ended up coming right down near the bottom. Um, loads of mismatches, um, but whereas in the the south, apart from those two at the bottom, I had it fairly uh, close. Um, but you know, that's that's why we like the the non-league, because it's so hard to predict. Go on then, Robert. What what were the scores on the doors then? Well, this is the point where I wish someone else could do it because it's a bit embarrassing. But overall, it all rolls up to this. Um, Chris, if he was here, would say, I hate this week because I'm no good at this. I always come last. He hasn't. And I'm sorry, Dickie. Not, it's quite close overall, but you've just, you're, you're the strongest in the table because you're holding everybody else up. Uh, 149 points for Dickey. And then fourth I'm place. For is... what, 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 what? <laughs> I think I won it last year, didn't I? So I'm, I'm okay with that. All from grace there. Dickey, Dickey, you won it in... Uh, I'm so glad you picked that up. You you won it in 2019-20, maybe, two ah, years ago. Wow. You're going to have to let that go and move on. You came fourth last year. Because <laughs> everything's behind closed doors. That's how <laughs> Clinging on to former glories. That's a, that you not are, like, mate. Fo- not you like are. people in football do that, is it? You are, mate. 149 points. Fifth, fourth place, Chris Pratt, 155. With one more point than that, Luke, you came third with 156 Tom got 160, and obviously we still need to get this <laughs> checked and verified, and I'm happy for the lads to do that. I did send them the spreadsheet. They, they can all dig it out. Um, I've, I've got down here that I've got 180, which is overall 20 points more than Tom in second place, but I think there, there was no outstanding performance. We were all pretty solid overall, and, and I think although we've expanded the points available, that's probably the best we've done in five years. Can I just add a point there, Rob? Um, am I For right who? in thinking... Who do you want to add it's the got, point it's now? Got enough points, you... Joe. Don't be more. Am, yeah. I, am I right in thinking you said there that Rob came six points away from the team above, the person above him? Who? Me, who Who did? Dickie. Uh, not Dickie. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Dickie was six behind Chris Pratt, yeah. So what you're really saying is there is his vote of confidence for AFC Telford has put him bottom. <laughs> Absolutely. Good spot, Joe. 
head of our maths department. Sorry, math. Head of our maths department. Well done. If Dickie hadn't let his heart rule his head, then Chris would have finished last. Hurrah, says Chris, um, who uh, has finished last the last two years and he's finally off the bottom. No Mm. wooden spoon this year uh, for the housewife's favourite. That might all change next year with Telford, though, Dickie, with some of the the signings that you made and uh, some signings on the horizon all being well. But to uh, just to finish off, of course, we get a lot of support from the non-league paper. And I know Rob caught up with a man who was very busy at the awards night. And he's also editor of the non-league paper. It is Matt Badcock. Matt, um, we speak at the conclusion of a really exciting National Game Awards um, this afternoon uh, at, at Plough Lane. Um, and your, your first time you've had the honour of uh, presenting the... Uh, mm. Presenting the gig, did you enjoy it? And was it a proud moment for you? It shows. It shows if you hang around long enough. <laughs> sort of. I'm not really sure what it says. I've been at the paper since 2009. It's the first time I've been asked. I don't, we'll see if I get asked again. But I enjoyed it. It was proud. Yeah. You know, I, I think. I've been at the paper a long time, and you know, these are always special days, proud days that put on, and it's always a, a real team effort, and it always surprised not not surprise me but it's always kind of nice you see the amount of people that come and kind of how they enjoy the day and and the people that we get here and we've had over the years and things and sort of mentioned one of the speeches you know Jamie Vardy I remember a few years ago came to Chelsea literally signed for Leicester the day before the two days before and he, he came down with a few mates and had a he'd won our player of the year and he, he came down and had a, had a great time and I think that's what's always nice to sort of look back at some of the players who've, who've, who've won and, and what they kind of go on to do in their careers from players' point of view and managers. You know, the Cowleys have won, won it a couple of times. Mm. Um, and then also it's kind of recognising the, the volunteers and the people at the clubs and kind of those um, people that kind of keep non-league going as well and, and that's what I like about it it's such a, like a mix of a day you've got the you've got the players and the and the managers and, and teams and that kind of thing we've also got the fans and the unsung heroes and, and kind of the slightly more special special part of the game One of the uh, other elements of the game that uh, these awards uh, kind of pay tribute to is the community side of it and what a fantastic story it is at Gateshead Community Club of the Year and the National League and the supporter base and everything else will welcome them back on merits next season. Yeah, fantastic um, achievement from from the club and Mike Williamson and his team on on the pitch this season to to win the National League North title, which is as we as we both know is such a hard division to to win. But I think with Gateshead there is that kind of biggest bigger picture story, that part of it where you know this football club was on its knees a few years ago and you know they had a nice speech about kind of how how without everybody coming pulling together then the club might not be here anymore and and when you sort of hear things like that you realize actually how how stark it was for for the club and how important um those clubs are in their community and hear all the things that they've been doing through covid now they've supported um their local area and their local community and and it's not just about what happens on the on the pitch. It is how clubs can do so much other stuff for um, the people around them, how much good they can do, and and that really sh- that's really shone through with Gateshead this season. And uh, finally, your own company, the non-league paper. Ninety. I was I had Sam Emery on my table today, so I now know loads about the history. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, 1999. Apparently, they got together with the Sports Beat guys and. Uh, um, to be fair, it's almost um, an institution uh, of the non-league game, the non-league paper. Obviously, you're proud to to, to lead it. Um, 
looking forward to the the new season. And I think uh, I don't think this is an exclusive. It will be without uh, without Dave Richardson, who's moving on. Yeah, Dave's um, Dave's moved on to Sky Sports a few weeks ago now, so he's um, enjoying the high life. I think he was talking about a Manchester United game recently. <laughs> sort of on his on his Twitter. What were you doing? Like, <laughs> so Dave, you could have been you could have been at a Met Police uh, big uh, running uh, final game running. Why are you going to Man United Chelsea? But yeah, no, it's um, he's sold out. Clearly. Yeah, he sort of has. Yeah, but um, no, pleased for him. But the um, yeah. It never stops. We'll sort of keep going through the summer and the new season will be here. I was talking to Danny Lewis at Kidderminster. He said they're back training next week, so it shows how quickly it all comes around. But, yeah, very proud to to work for the paper um, and be part of it and kind of, you know, what, what David Emery um, created all these years ago and, and how long it's gone on. And, you know, when COVID came along, you do worry about what might happen, but we sort of, the support we had and how people sort of got behind us was quite heartening. So, yeah, really proud and... Just got to keep uh, keep pushing on and seeing seeing where we can get to uh, next season. And that was Matt ba- Matt Badcock. Mad Badcock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he will be mad. I've got his name wrong. Badders. It's, a, it's been a bad, yeah, Badders. It's been a, a mad year in general. It's been a long season for the National League. We do it all again very very soon because I think the National League are coming back slightly earlier this year because of the World Cup. They're kind of falling into the line in line with the EFL. Um, Joe, your final thoughts? Uh, just obviously, it's been a fantastic season. Um, I look forward to coming on the pod next year, and right straight away, yeah, uh, get on to my previews for next season. Rob, how how do you sum it up then this season? Absolutely bonkers. I love it. I literally love what we do. The level of football that we're involved with. Um, I'm going to be honest and say I do enjoy the break and I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, Dickie probably, you know, out of the 50 podcasts we've done has probably done 46, 47 of them, you know, which is phenomenal. Um, and um, that just shows the passion that he's got and and, and you guys uh, have all got. And, and so have Chris and Tom who are not able to join us so regularly. But um, yeah, let's all have a, a, a really good break and come back refreshed and hope for more of the same excitement next season. Yeah, I mean it's been uh, it's been hectic, hasn't it? You know, but it's uh, echo on what uh, you know everybody else says as as hectic it is as it is, and as much um, as as it takes to to you know to be tra- going around the country watching games and everything, we get a vast amount from it too. Um, uh, I know I do personally and, and, you know, the relationships that you form with the group here and with people within the game and everything. Um, th- that's the big thing for me. It's it's always great. Um, and it throws up so many, you know, great stories and that kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah, we love it. We're here for it all the time. Yeah. And thank you as well to all our contributors, everyone who's agreed to be interviewed by us. Uh, all the guests who've come on the pod as well to help us review. It's, it's much appreciated. And of course, to you, the dear listener out there for listening in every week, subscribing to us and, and helping us get some good listening figures. And hopefully you enjoy our content and uh, you don't think we're just a bunch of idiots. Although the predictions have proved that some of us are a bit more of an idiot than others. I'll leave that there, Dickie. And uh, on that bombshell, <laughs> I will say thank you very much. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NL Full Time. It's the same on Instagram. You can drop us an email as well if you wish, nlfulltime at gmail.com. Until then, have a great summer break, and we'll be back in a few weeks' time with our preview pod.